Welcome to the Awake Space Astrology Podcast. I'm Lori Rivers with you, here to help you with some inspiration to get those aspirations out into the world. In today's episode, I'm going to talk to you about Saturn in Pisces and what you really need to know about it. I'm going to talk about how we can prep for that energy coming and how to work on things on an interpersonal level. And then we'll do a patron shout out because hello, we have patrons to shout out. Um, And without you guys, there is no me. So that's my favorite part of this podcast. If you're new, welcome. And then I am going to be talking about some current events um, that, that and just thoughts that have been coming to my mind about astrology because I think there's so much misinformation and so many people have exited whatever religion they grew up in and they they often seek a replacement and misunderstand the difference between metaphysics and religion and spirituality and religion and metaphysics and what astrology is and isn't. And I read this article a couple of weeks ago and it popped back up on my Google and it annoyed me then and it annoyed me just as much (laughs) when um, I I saw it pop up the other day. I'll probably even make a TikTok about this. Um, But I had some time off over Christmas and I actually needed to use it. I don't know if I wasn't feeling well because I wasn't feeling well or if I wasn't feeling well because I stopped working and my body went oh hey maybe you've been overworking so it tends to happen when I take time off because I push a little too hard so I've actually been sleeping other than like Christmas day when when my daughter came over so um that's an important thing to remember with Saturn. <laughs> I have Saturn in the sixth house, so my body tends to remind me when I've pushed it too far. So I was enjoying my very last day off of 2022, and uh, I'll have time off in the new year, and that's when I'll be writing. I sh- I sh- luckily, I booked this time off, and then next week um, I'll be I won't be doing readings. I'll be writing. You can still book ahead. I'm just not reading next week. And I'll be writing instead. I have a lot of writing to get done. And even more now that I didn't get it done when I was off. Because my body said, no, I haven't slept that much in forever and a day. So, um, yeah, maybe a little TMI. But, you know. It's just us, right? Okay, let's get on with talking about Saturn in Pisces. And it, it, it is going to be a section where, again, I'm going to talk about the interpersonal side of it and the mundane side, what I think we're going to see. And why I'm going to be following up at the end of the podcast with belief and religion and unpacking and deconstructing 
these things and why it's so important and why it's going to bite you in the ass if you don't do this stuff, if you don't do the work, okay? Because magical thinking is not the same thing as magic and it will bite you in the behind and Saturn will show you the reality of your flawed thinking and beliefs. And if you don't believe me, well, <laughs> you'll find out. All right, let's let's talk about Saturn in the next segment. Let's talk Saturn in Pisces. Saturn in Pisces is coming March 8th to a theater near you. Because as goodwill Shakespeare said, life is but a stage. (laughs) And it is. We are all going to find out where we need to ground into our reality, our beliefs, and our core understandings. And what confines us and limits us belief-wise and what frees us and connects us belief-wise. And you will know without a shadow of a doubt if your beliefs are not useful or productive for you by how things work out for you. So if you believe that life will always be hard, it will be hard, okay? You will give yourself a very strong self-fulfilling prophecy. And that is a clue, not that, well, that's just how I am. I don't have to do anything. This is, I'm just destined for this shit. It's a clue to switch up your mindset, okay? Pisces energy has a proclivity in the less conscious form of the Pisces energy to be like, oh, well, that's just how it is. Going with the flow and being in a state of apathy are two different things. Okay. Two different things. Apathy is fuck it. Apathy is, well, nothing I can do. Might as well just lay here and die. Whereas there is a constructive form of, oh, this is working. Go with the flow. If this isn't working, the flow is stopped. Therefore, there is something I might tweak to change direction follow what's working okay and the thing is is that all the water signs and remember i'm a cancerian with a cancer mercury scorpio rising all right pisces north node all right okay i understand this energy it is so easy to get sucked down into the doldrums it is so easy to be like Oh, oh, by myself. Oh, woe is me. It's easy to go into our sob stories. It's actually, sometimes it even feels good to luxuriate in it. 
It's like wallowing in the mud and the muck. But if you do that, you are going to forge chains on you that do not allow you to easily pivot and maneuver through life. Okay? I am not kidding. All right? Now, Pisces is not the sign that Saturn feels most comfortable in because Pisces in general does not have boundaries. Okay? And so wherever you have Pisces in your natal chart, you might have more problems with boundaries. Okay? So everybody thinks that Boundaries are something you need to set for other people. But we all have our internal boundaries inside of ourselves that we need to set to and for ourselves as well as to and for other. But we have to remember, we need to respect other people's boundaries. Okay. Everybody dogs on Virgo because they're right. We all know it. Okay, Virgos, we know you're right. We get sick of it. It's why it's why we dog you. But Pisces often will breach other people's boundaries, but they don't breach everybody. If you've got firm boundaries, if you've got a good seawall, <laughs> if your personal boundaries are strong, Pisces won't breach those. They might find ways under or around, but usually not. If you've got strong, firm boundaries, Pisces energy won't breach that unless unless you've really done them wrong, okay? And I'm talking about any planetary position. When I say they, I'm not talking about individual people. It could be, all right? It could be people. But I'm really just talking about the energy in general, right? So it's important for us all to understand as much as we need to retain boundaries for our own well-being, we have to respect the boundaries of other people, which means we don't try to mind read. We don't try to help them sort their lives out. We don't offer unsolicited advice. We don't uh, try to rescue people. All right. If somebody says, "Hey, I need to chill. I need to be, I need some time." We respect that. If they give nonverbal clues, we respect that. All right? Likewise, likewise, we can expect the same treatment in return. And there are consequences <clears throat> to breaches of boundaries. Okay? There are consequences. And those consequences are like, it's dependent on the circumstance, right? So that stuff we're going to see come up in March. Those are the issues that are going to come up with this transit. You can't do a whole lot about people who breach your boundaries except maintain your own. Boundaries are not barriers. Boundaries are structures and rules 
within a relationship. And if somebody breaches a boundary too many times after having a productive conversation, not talking to everybody else except the person involved, okay, you want to have a conversation because just, I know everybody thinks they're psychic now that they've had their great awakening, but you're not as, you're not a a mind reader, okay? And somebody's interior thoughts and feelings are none of your business. Here's a boundary. They're none of your business. We use our words, okay? If we cannot use words with our mouths, we can write words. If we can't write words, we can draw pictures, okay? We can use hand gestures, Yeah, I know what you're thinking. Yeah, I know which gesture you just thought of. Remember. Uh, Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. We can. We can use all kinds of them. Okay. Some subjects are hard to talk about. But one of the most respectful things you can do is have an open and honest conversation. But not every relationship requires that. You know, if some stranger breaches your boundaries... You're going to deal with that differently than if somebody close to you breaches a boundary or if an acquaintance breaches a boundary, right? So it, it's important. But how do, you, how do you treat yourself when you breach a boundary with yourself? When you feel like something's off and, you, and then you like gaslight yourself, like, oh, you're too sensitive. You know, you kind of replay the oppressor's you know, recording in your head, right? Hold boundaries. The same is as if you have a vision for something or a dream for something. Um, Developing protection around that. Like, there's some really great advice. Don't tell people about what you want to do until you've done it. You know, if you share your dream preemptively before you've really gotten started, so many people are going to try to protect you from yourself and your vision. They'll be like, oh, you know, it's really hard. You know, especially when people start businesses, they'll be like, you know, 50% of all businesses fail. That's cool. 50% of all businesses succeed. I learned a long time ago before I do something, I have it all laid out, I get it into action. Then I tell somebody about it. Like, I have results. So that when they're like, wow, you know, I'd be like, yeah, well, okay, doing just fine, thanks. Those are boundaries. And putting boundaries on yourself instead of setting yourself up. If you've had disappointments, if you've had failures, who hasn't? Okay, that's going to be another thing. Like, maybe realizing that other people have experiences too, right? This, this fantasy, fantasy is a Pisces key word, that this fantasy that it's just you with your, your done hard rungs on, okay? And we can all be there. I've, I've had a lot of friends who've gone through 12-step programs and um, I've learned a lot from them. And one of them said something, this is, I learned this like maybe 20 years ago. They were, I was exploring my healing path and I really 
had felt at one point when I was young, like a teenager, that I was the only one who had ever gone through anything close to what I'd gone through. When we're insular, when we're teenagers, and we're very self-focused, right? And, you know, in my in my 30s, I was kind of having a conversation with somebody else about it, and I, you know, kind of laughing at myself, my past self, and my, my friend was like, you know, they call that terminal uniqueness in AA, and I was like, really? They're like, yeah, it's, it's one of the problems with addiction, another Pisces thing. We can be addicted to a lot of things. We can be addicted to negative emotions. We can be addicted to complaining. We can be addicted to self-defeating behaviors. We could be addicted to video games. We could be addicted to food. We could be addicted to coffee. We could be addicted to having animals. We could be addicted to whatever, okay? Besides what most people think of as addictions. Addicted to dating. We could be addicted to, to plants. Some addictions are useful, just saying. Um... But that idea of terminal uniqueness, like you're the only person who's suffered, you're the only one who's gone through it. And again, when we're really young, like teenagers, yeah, that, that's a very normal space. I'm the only one. And then you meet somebody, right? Then you meet somebody. And you might hear a different and contrasting story or something similar to yours. And you start realizing, oh, maybe it's not just me. And we don't want to do comparative trauma. Everybody's trauma is individual, right? But it's so important to understand that, A, it isn't just you. Your experience is important. But your beliefs, like terminal uniqueness or making your emotions everybody else's business, we see that a lot. We see that a lot. And I know somebody is going to call me a turf and, and it's going to piss me off. But I'm going to say this. Yes, it is nice to be respected and have our pronouns respected. I cannot count how much I got in trouble as a kid for calling people them and their Okay, I'd be like, you know, who? They, them, right? Because to me, people are people. I, I, and I was like, well, I don't know. I, I wasn't even being political because it wasn't a political issue when I was a kid. But when you base your self-esteem on what other people determine you to be, okay, that's a problem, okay? And I don't think this gets discussed enough. And I think this is going to be a big one during the Saturn and Pisces era. Because I, I've lived all over the world, okay? I identify as female. I present as female, right? I was socialized female, right? But in certain parts of the world, somebody who is a manager or in charge of something might get called sir anyway. A little bit like in Charlie Brown cartoons. Hello, sir. 
was not offended. I wasn't. I don't look like a guy, but if somebody thought I did, okay. Whatever. I know what I look like. It was a language thing. People here, can they be cruel? Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. And I know some of my younger listeners are going to be, Lori, you don't understand. No, I I do. I do understand. And it is nice to be recognized for how you want to be recognized. But guess what? It is no one's job to validate you. It is a bonus when they do. A bonus when you get validated. Okay? Do you really think I care when a troll tries to be ageist to me? I've had it happen quite a bit because we live in an ageist, misogynistic, all the isms culture. Well, you look like you're 60s. Well, no, I don't. And if I do to you, okay. I know I've got to look old to teenagers. Because people in their 50s looked old to me when I was young. Now I look at their pictures and I'm like, damn, they didn't look that, they, they seemed so old. So I'm sure I seem old to some of my listeners or viewers. It does not change how I feel about myself. I do not ever go, oh my God, let's go get Botox. No. And where does that come from? Having strong boundaries inside yourself, understanding your value on top of it, knowing your self-worth. I understand there is trauma. I have lived it. I have lived it. And when I was young, okay, back in the 90s, we went for gender neutral. We were going for androgyny, okay? Things have changed. It's evolved. It's why I want to write, in fact, I will be writing starting next week, a book about non-binary interpretation. I'm not saying that the binary system is correct. I'm saying that if you put your self-esteem in the hands of other people, I'm not talking about people who give death threats, okay? That's a huge difference. I'm talking about feeling crushed because somebody decided to be an asshole to you, okay? When we go on a spiritual walk, first of all, the shadow pops up all over the place. And we have to face our fears, our doubts, our worries. You don't have to live in them, but it's a hell of a walk. Okay. And that includes things to do with our identity, our gender, etc. Okay. So shit is going to come up. And I'm not saying don't let it bother. There'll be moments where you could be frustrated, peeved, annoyed. And again, I'm not talking about heinous threats. There's a huge difference between um, somebody who doesn't get it or somebody who's thoughtless. 
somebody who's not with the picture, not as educated, mis- giving a misgendering or, or saying somebody's pronouns wrong. Right? I know it's considered politeness. You know, but when people are like, well, how do you identify? What are your pronouns? I'm like, call me whatever you want. Because it doesn't shape my opinion of myself. You want to call me him? I'm okay with that. You want to call me her? I'm okay with that. You want to call me they and them? I'm really okay with that. Don't really care. Would I have cared when I was younger? Eh, I don't know. I don't think I did. Yeah, because I got called him and he and sir (laughs) in some countries because I was in a management position. I was like, why are you calling me sir? Because you're in charge. Oh, okay. Honorary guy. I see. Well, that's misogyny. Uh, Did it myth me? Not going to lie. Some of it did. Like, um, women can be in charge too. (laughs) I'm banging this drum for a reason. You want to work on this shit inside of yourself. If it triggers you, it is yours to work on. And with Saturn and Pisces, it will be trigger palooza. Take it from somebody who had off the charts CPTSD. Okay. So it was post-traumatic stress disorder from many events, not just one. Many. Over many years along with anxiety, depression, blah, 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 who worked her ass off to get to zero clinical markers, which means not a nothing zilch, zero. Like, because when when we did the secondary diagnosis after five years of very, very hard work and 20-some years of hard work before that, I was like, so what exactly does that mean? Dr. Silva, and not the Dr. Silva, he just happened to be named Dr. Silva, looked at me and said, means perfect mental wellness. I was like, no way. No fucking way. Like, not even a little anxiety? No. So, I'm just a little eccentric, but not mentally unwell? Yes. Ah, makes sense. You live an interesting life, you're going to be a little eccentric. I get trauma. I understand. I also know how fucking dangerous it is to luxuriate and wallow. We have neuroplasticity. In fact, um, Jen, astrologer Jen, you can book natal readings with her. She has a very strong interest and has studied psychology in, the acad- in academia and has wonderful resources she she offers to her clients as far as you know, books to read and information to look up and, and things to help support them in their journeys. Um, you know, I, I just always love sitting in on a reading that she does. I love, in fact, when she observes the transit readings or the year aheads, you know, and there's something up, I'll be like, hey, Jen, do you got a resource for that? I bring her in on the reading. I'll do that with any of my astrologers observing the transits in your heads uh, because they all have different interests. This information is so important during the Saturn 
in Pisces era because all of our beliefs are going to either move us forward and help us go with the flow and give us the structure to make visions and dreams happen or it, they will impede us and we will forge chains that we will then have to dismantle later. Like later, later. Like when Saturn's in Gemini. Do we really want to wait that long? I don't think so. Okay, it's going to be a while. So we don't want to do that. So, and those, it's so, these types of chains aren't easy to forge, guys. Because it's insidious thinking. It's social, cultural programming. Which is why I'm going to talk about religion and spirituality at the end of this podcast and talk about astrology in there and why you need to think differently and stop with the evangelical evangelical attitudes and the the needing to to proselytize and and stand up and make people believe your way and what have you. It doesn't work that way. We'll talk about that later. Because it's going to be a problem with Saturn and Pisces. All right? You can have existential crises with Saturn and Pisces. Okay? Because you might find out the universe isn't handing out brownie buttons. It's not handing out gold stars. It's not about being good little girls and boys and you getting your reward or your punishment. Because the universe isn't punishing you either. We live on planet Earth and shit happens here. That's part of being physical. It's part of why we came here, believe it or not. It's part of why we came here. We didn't come here to suffer. Suffering is part of physicality. One of my very favorite people that I knew in the late 90s, I worked with him because on his website, yeah, back in the late 90s, on his website, he had the quote, pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. And I could understand that back then. I was like, yeah, pain is inevitable. Suffering comes from refusing to look for any other pathways, refusing to just saying, well, that's it. This is my fate. Even in Buddhism, part of the noble path is learning to alleviate suffering. That's why the Dalai Lama spent so much time trying to teach people, hey, work at being content. Try to be happy. I like going to a neutral space. Because if you're coming from, you know, feeling blue and it's been a shitty day and it's been hard, trying to get happy is really hard. But if you can get to a neutral space, you have so much power. Learning how to do that is really good. And I would start working on this shit now. Because if you haven't during the Saturn and Aquarius era, boy, are you going to have an interesting reality when Saturn hits Pisces. on a mundane level I think I'll talk about that in a minute I, I, I think I'll talk about the mundane in the next section because I want to I leave you with this your mundane is the magic and Saturn in Pisces gives you a chance to find it okay but it's so important 
And I will tell you, as a metaphysician, as an astrologer, as a spiritual teacher, as somebody who's been on this path my entire life, you know, I wasn't an astrologer my entire life. That's a tool. But I've been an aspirant, a spiritual aspirant my entire life, from the time I was a very small child. That was just where my calling has led me, right? That's always been to be and stay connected, but in the physical, which wasn't always easy. It's so, so important to understand your path is yours and it is no one else's business. So, like, I am not going to have argument after argument after argument after argument with any anybody about their path. I will give you what I see, and it is up to you to take whatever direction on your path. I don't believe there's any wrong direction. So when people come to me and they're like, the universe is punishing me, I don't think I can believe in it anymore. <sighs> okay, if that's what you need to believe for right now, if that's the route you're going, okay. Okay. It's not my job to make you believe. It's not my job to do anything more than convey information. It is your job to worry about which direction your feet are on. And I'm going to say from my perspective of all the things I've studied, all the understandings I've gained, I don't think there is a wrong way. I don't think there's a wrong path. I don't think everybody needs to be awake. I think it's some people's job to be a jerk. I think it's some people's job to to feel ooky. I think it's some people, but I don't think you're destined for it. I think the essence, the universal essence, some people call it a soul, some people call it a spirit, you can call it whatever you want, will take advantage of any direction you take to gain experience. And that is not necessarily the most popular view out there. Okay. But we're here for a range of experiences. And if if we choose to have a negative attitude, thus making our walk a lot harder, and I'm not talking about being high vibes only, Okay, a positive attitude can be, this really sucks, but I know it can get better. Okay? Okay? Got it? Everybody gets so defensive these days. (laughs) All right? So don't ever think I do that whole, oh, yeah, it's all got to be bliss and love and light. No. No, it doesn't. But the only thing that casts out darkness is light. But, you know, I'm visually impaired. I'm actually kind of comfortable in the dark. Unless I'm trying to run really fast. Then I prefer things illuminated. But if I'm going to sit, I'm okay sitting in the dark. I'm sitting in the dark recording this right now. Just me, Malcolm, who's asleep. And you. Okay? So, 
if you want to navigate Jupiter and Pisces, not Jupiter, sorry, Saturn, I misspoke Saturn and Pisces. You've got to really look at your foundational beliefs. And if you're butting up against walls, that's a consequence of a belief that doesn't serve you. Now, it could be providing exactly the clarity you need to move in a direction that is more beneficial for you. Okay. But if you're not paying attention to the stories you're telling, you know, fantasy comes in a lot of different flavors. Okay. I think we have some great big social collective fantasies. Like, you need a real job. The company will take care of you. Work nine to five. Commute two hours one way. This makes you a real person. This is adulting. Yeah, I think I, I don't think that's necessarily reality. It's a lot of people's reality, but it isn't the only reality. Right? But if you're waiting, just like when I was talking about, you know, pronouns, the same goes for if you make a decision to do something that you really enjoy and you have done your due diligence, done your study, done your prep work, got yourself set up, running around telling people who have always been critical of you, of your plans, and you expect a different result... You will be not shocked because, well, you might be shocked, but really, if they've always been critical, guess what? They're going to remain critical. Some of it is use your common sense. Okay? That's Saturn talking. Use your common sense. So if somebody has been unsupportive, well, there we go. They've been unsupportive. Why would they be supportive now? That's a little bit like being Charlie Brown playing football with Lucy. Every single time she picks up the ball. Every single time. Right? Betty does it again and again. And you you could say, Charlie could say, that's my destiny. Or Charlie could make a different decision. And you'd be like, well, that's reductionist. It's not. It's not. I watch people do this all the time. And it is very, very indicative of of Pisces energy when it's unconscious. That's just how I am. Oh, well. Oh, well. Okay. There are ways to work on this, guys. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll do a patron shout out. Then I'll talk about Saturn and Pisces in the mundane. And then we'll do that third segment. Um, We'll do that third segment that has, um, we'll talk about this article that I read that that really put my dander up. And and it is kind of indicative of what we might see with Saturn and Pisces.
All right, it's time for my favorite part of the show, the patron shoutouts. I want to thank each and every one of you for being patrons. Without you, there is no me. Let's get to the newest patrons of the Awake Space. You can become a patron too if you go to patreon.com forward slash the Awake Space. Alrighty, we're looking at Bertha, Teresa, Marina, Damian, Amy, Lacey, Jen, Seth, Cassandra, Melissa, Ronnie, Lexi, Luna, Robin, Caitlin, Bethany, Chrissy, Christina, Megan, BW, Julie, Joshua, Esther, Ryan, Brissa, Athena, Meredith, Samantha, April, Gabby, Anna, Sarah, Erica, Erica, PTK, Madison, Louise, AC, Rutherford, Nicole, Cece, Angela, Monica, Margie, Britt, Monica, Megan, Terry, Tara, Priscilla, TM, Alyssa, Sarah, J, Sasha, Caitlin, Amanda, Claire, Mary, Jeffin, Angie, Tara, Chaslin, Jennifer, Kat, Kaylin, Becky, Suli, Anita, Lilith, Whitney, Caitlin, Nikki, Monica, and Pamela. Thank you all so much. Now, because the last Sunday of the month was um, was Christmas Eve, and we are going to meet on Friday, Friday the thirtieth. Um, Probably not in the morning, in the evening. And I'll get a notice out to everyone. So make sure you're checking your emails. If you're not getting the patron emails, check your spam. Okay. because Or your social, you know, how Google does the stuff. Because I send a lot of emails, right? Because I put up the forecast and the crunch report. But we're going to be doing one of my favorite activities. We're going to be setting our intentions for the new year. And I'll have instructions in the patron post, okay? If you're not a patron, you've been sitting on the fence, you wanna join by December 31st to keep the same pricing of either $3 or $11. You wanna know about the tiers? Head over to patreon.com forward slash the awake space and you can read about that there. All right, I'll have the link in the description. All right, let's talk about the mundane side of Saturn and Pisces. So I've talked about it in the past. I'm going to talk about it again. All of this year, I've been warning about COVID and really other viruses that they would expand forward this year. And when Saturn hits Pisces in March of 2023, that would be March 8th to be precise, we will begin to see the ramifications of failed public health policy, okay? I think we have had the worst messaging um, and just, there's been so much mixed messaging, so much, um, the whole like, oh, keep the economy going, but it's people who make the economy work, 
okay? And so if people get sick or people get sick and have long-term health repercussions, like long COVID, then it's going to impact the economy. And it's global. And China, you know, it, it went draconian in its methods. And I think there's better ways to do it. Like instead of letting it be a free-for-all and you playing Russian roulette with your health or draconian methods where people are just like in psychological torture, I think there's lots of ways that things could have been done better. Unfortunately, in this end of the Pluto and Capricorn era, we're seeing you know, authoritarianism uh, kind of be in its grotesque, almost caricature form of, of, it's almost like comic book villain type behavior, right? And we're seeing that out of, you know, world leaders like Putin, um, looking at people like Trump. I mean, he's not a leader, but, you know, um, Xi in China and and then out of billionaires like Musk and Zuckerberg you know and, and it's really allowing the lens to, uh, in the clear cold light of day oh wait what have I been saying for years you know, there are no evil geniuses running the show put your conspiracy theories away it's a bunch of incompetent privileged people that's pretty much what we're seeing, whether it's corporate leadership or global leadership. And if you're a C-level executive listening to this, then just be honest, okay? Nobody knows what they're doing. That's why everybody has imposter syndrome, okay? Because everybody has this fantasy, this fantasy that, you know, you reach a certain level and you know, you don't ever know what you're doing, okay? We do the best we can with what we've got. Um, I've been seeing an unreasonable amount of articles lately quoting the Greek philosophers. And a lot of this is coming out of people from Cambridge and Oxford and talk about old playbook. Okay. I, I have been positing this since I was in high school and then in college going, okay, I know you say they were the greatest minds of all time. However, they are considered such because their writing continued on. Like Socrates didn't have writing, but Plato reporting on Socrates, right? So Plato said this guy named Socrates did this stuff, but they killed Socrates for trying to educate the youth, right? Plato wasn't even saying he was the greatest mind of all time. We just decided we found his stuff. Rich people who could read decided he was the end-all be-all, and therefore that is the end-all be-all of philosophy. You're, you're telling me we peaked in philosophy in ancient Greece? That that was the pinnacle of thought? Really? I don't think so. I just don't think so. So I'm seeing whether it's a psychology article. I was like, what is up with psychology today? Some of their articles are absolutely inane. And I saw one the other day where they did this quote-unquote study on gender and they were like it was men it was men okay I'm assuming cis white men but it was cis men anyway 
who were positing, you know, that, oh, there might be something to, you know, labor, you know, domestic labor disparities because women look at a counter and see must be wiped and men see crumbs on a counter. I'm like, socialization. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody talked about the social penalty to a woman if she doesn't wipe the counter. There is no social penalty to men. Ha ha ha. Feigned incompetency. Oh my God. Anyway, I'm digressing. But this type of stuff will be up on deck with Saturn and Pisces. We will be looking at the confines of religious belief. We will be looking at the chains that need to be dismantled, caused by blind belief, magical thinking, spirituality might take a hit because people don't understand it, okay? Because people don't understand it. They left a religion, grabbed onto something else that felt comfortable, belief-wise, and then went, oh, wait, snap, this doesn't work. I don't believe, I don't believe. In spirituality, it doesn't matter if you believe or not, okay? All right? It just doesn't. It just doesn't. You want to believe it? Great. You don't? Fine. All right? Having a crisis of faith, an existential crisis, is part of being human. Okay? So we're going to see a lot of that. We're going to see pushbacks um, against mysticism. And then we will also see people who gain greater practice in their mystic endeavors. Okay, so if you are a spiritual person, um, it's a good time to double down on your discipline, depending on where Saturn and Pisces is going to fall in your chart. It's time to hone your discipline in that. Um, So we're going to see COVID. We're going to see the effects of COVID. I think there'll be research that comes out big time, probably more like the end of 2023, early 2024, that really gives some hard data. Um, I think COVID is going to just... March looks ugly. That's all I have to say. Prep now. Be ready. I I don't know that we'll see lockdowns. I just, I don't. I think people have given up on that. I think they're, they have an all or nothing black and white. It, it's as bad as binary thinking. I know, I know. I talked about pronouns earlier. I wasn't saying it's bad to identify in any particular way. I was just saying you can't base your self-worth on what other people think about you. And I'm not talking about mean people who are threatening. I'm talking about in gender. I mean, in gender, in general. Okay. In general. Just passers-by, all right? Or people who aren't used to it, you know? We cannot allow other people to dictate how we feel about ourselves, okay? We just can't. Part of self-actualization is actualizing self, all right? It's easy to misconstrue things, all right? Okay. Okay. Remember, I love you. All right. I just want you to be reasonably content. I'm not even shooting for happy here. I'm saying reasonably content. It's a powerful space. So, all right. We are looking at um, 
floods. Um, in March, I think there will be some historic flooding. I think we could see sea levels rise, especially in the next two years. But even just starting March, April, um, anytime a planet ingresses into a sign, it's pretty powerful. And given that we have Pluto entering Aquarius and Mars entering Cancer later in March after Pluto ingresses into Pisces, you know, um, I, I think we will see extreme weather. Extreme weather. So some things you can prepare for, some things you can't, but you can do your best, okay? You also want to listen and pay attention to your gut, okay? You want to pay attention and take note of any intuitive hits, okay? So if you get a funny feeling and you're like, man, I need to do a Costco run, or Oof, I should go to Sam's Club, or whatever, don't discount it. Pay attention to it, all right? Um, I think we will see some consequences coming to those who have lied. I think a lot of fraudulent behavior will become exposed. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there aren't hearings or trials when it comes to Trump and his cronies. Because you know, I do believe his indictment is on the way. Um, yeah, it's going to be fascinating. There is a constitutional crisis coming up in January of 2023. I've talked about that before. I think that may also start playing out um, a little bit harder in March. And we could see some world leaders pass on in March. Okay. There could be some real transitions of power. Could that be Biden? It's a potential. Okay. Um... I haven't looked at his chart recently. I will, but it, it is a potential. He's he's an old man, you know. Um, Putin also old person, you know. So we could see we could see some big celebrities go. We could see again any kind of leader or celebrity, somebody large in the public eye. Um, these are the types of things that we see when a planet. Um, ingresses into a sign. So with Pis- with Saturn moving into Pisces, we could see the Pope pass even. You know, he's a religious figure or some other religious figure of an age, okay? So the- these are things that could happen. Am I 100% on any of these? No, I'm giving very quick assessments right now. I will keep you up to date, okay? I will keep you up to date. That's why you want to tune in to the Awake Space Astrology Podcast. All right, so um, mundane-wise, <laughs> get your rain gear for the spring. I think there'll be bad monsoons in Asia, um, Asia Minor, um, the Indian Ocean. I think um, parts of Africa that don't normally see rain could get rain. Um, I think the southwest of the United States will start seeing um some flooding and it could be we might get a bunch of snow in the winter here and we may have some big melts um that could that could be a bunch of different stuff i mean on one hand it's it's a little bit of help against the drought but it's also kind of an an impact 
um, from the drought as well because there just hasn't been enough rain. It won't take a ton of rain to cause flooding, especially in Southern California, Arizona, etc. The ground is not, it doesn't perk well. So we'll see, we'll see. Um, yeah, there's more storms on the way. We have climate change. People can be worried about the politics. People can be worried about the economy. I'm like, I'm worried about climate change because it impacts all of it. All right. All right. I want to talk about that article I read. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll round up the podcast with that because it really bothers me about how people view astrology. And I don't think there's enough professional astrologers who kind of publicly speak out against this erroneous line of thinking. And because it's easy to make a chart, it's easy for people to think they understand astrology when astrology is a vast field of study. And it takes a long time to understand it. And I don't think there's enough done to really promote accurate astrology and I think some of it is because actual astrologers we can be kind of boring to the general public that's why I try to keep things a little more entertaining here um and I I don't use as much of my academic tone as I can I try to keep it a little easy because I want people to get good information that's easy to digest and I think academia does us a disservice when they make a really amazing, interesting subject boring. All right. So, all righty. So, I came across this article online, and the headline reads... And you might have seen this because it must have gotten a lot of press to come up on the Google front page. But some have replaced religion with astrology. But are we just putting ourselves in new boxes? Um, Now, this person had studied astrology, turned it into a practice, and then found themselves at a crisis point. Um, And that is because... They came to a crisis because of how astrology is often taught in professional circles as well as in popular astrology, where we've given very dogmatic interpretation to the planets. It's why I'm not a fan of what people call traditional astrology or Hellenistic astrology, because it's very deterministic and it's very dogmatic. I practiced or what I teach and what I practice is observational applied astrology. Okay. Observational applied astrology. What does that mean? We use the rules, meaning we do the math. However, when it comes to interpretations, we have to understand there are different layers to consciousness. Mundane astrology is different from natal astrology. And natal astrology is very new. Okay, very new. People were not really analyzing people's personalities 
1,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago. Astrology was used for timing of events. Mundane astrology is the OG, okay? Very few people knew what day they were born, let alone what time. Even rich and famous people, if they were lucky, we got a birth time and a date and a place, okay? So what got me about this is um, this idea that astrology is like a belief system. And it's not. It's a system of understanding. It's a system of explaining. Okay. And we, again, there are rules. There are rules to astrology. All right. We don't just go by what we feel. Like a stellium ain't a bunch of planets in one sign. Okay. I don't care if you feel like it is. A stellium is three Sometimes four. Some people say it's four. But I'll, I'll, I'll give it three personal planets. Okay? And the personal planets include the luminaries. Astrologers know the sun and moon are planets. Okay? We just use it as shorthand. Sun, moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars. Okay. Sun, moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars. Five. Yeah. Okay. Those are your personal planets. You need three of those in any combination. And then you can add the outer planets. Okay. Because they set the energy. It's, a, it's about an intensity in the personality. A bunch of people are born with Uranus and Neptune conjunct. Okay. Just a bunch of people. It's, it's, it's a semi-generational thing. Okay. So... I know everybody wants to be special, and everybody is. If you follow the rules, you'd know. But this idea of needing to believe and be a believer, okay, and the deterministicness that's involved, and even just the way people comment on my videos on TikTok. There's times I just, I don't know if you noticed, but like I've taken some breaks because it gets to be a lot when people are like, oh no, the constant with the oh no, constant. Or the believing things about astrology that just aren't true. Like people be like, well, what exactly is ha- gonna happen with Saturn and Pisces? I'm like, I don't know, it's a whole big bucket. It really depends on how it's going to impact you on your personal chart and your attitude. Because your your chart holds all of your potential, positive, negative, in between. How you react to transits depends on a whole lot of factors. Okay. Now, there are some people who will give you a pat answer. Oh, this is happening Well, let me tell you, it's going to be like this. And it's not okay. So many of you guys woke up in 2020. You just woke up. You may have insights. You may have new awarenesses about your intuition. But you have not unpacked your prior religious conditioning, your prior social conditioning, your prior cultural 
conditioning. And don't think that because other people with maybe more experience on the path that they don't know what they're talking about because, you know, that's so passe. They very much do. Part of the awakening process is awakening to our ignorance. It's awakening to our biases. It's awakening to where we hand our power away. And power isn't about knowing everything. Power isn't about always having the right answer. Power isn't always being able to wave a magic wand and make things happen. Power is knowing you have a decision that you get to make. And sometimes you're making that decision between two choices that aren't your favorite. But if you feel like some god is punishing you or some goddess is punishing you or the stars made you do it like oh no the moon is in Aries I had to get mad oh you know how my Mars is well my Venus does that when you're using it as an excuse you might as well be a bible thumper okay misinterpreting a misinterpreted bunch of stories okay Hello, don't do that. Astrology isn't about that. Astrology is a language. It's a system. It's, it's the study of the cosmic clock from Earth's perspective. I always love it when people are like, Lori, if we lived on Mars, would there be a different system? You know, would the zodiac be different? Yeah, yeah, it would. It would. It would be a Mars perspective. And then you get the real people wanting to be really fancy because they've studied astrology for a couple of years and be like, well, I do heliocentric. We don't live on the sun. Our perception shape our reality. Okay? Neuroscience has proven that. So we live on this planet and geocentrically, when we look up at the sky, we have a tropical perception. That's just the line I'm going to draw. Okay. That's the astrology I talk about. That's the astrology I teach. Don't what about me? Don't ask me about anything. This is what I teach. Okay. You have questions about other stuff? Go to somebody who does that other stuff. They'll be able to answer you. In fact, I encourage you discovering things. You don't have to listen to me. You don't have to believe anything I'm saying. Okay. However, I'm giving you my argument and my case for applied observational astrology. Observational meaning we, we stand on the shoulders of giants. We look at what the interpretations were in the past. They didn't just sit and meditate and download information. They paid attention. Oh, wait. When there's a full moon, this stuff happens. When there's no moon or a new moon, this is what happens. Ah, it is best when I do these things during this time. It is less good, in my opinion, when these things happen and that is going on. It's observational. And many, many, many generations observed 
Unfortunately, sometime in the 20th century, we decided we would standardize shit. Okay? And we'd say, only these minds knew what we, they were talking about, and there's no room for any new observations. So, discover something new, apply a Greek myth. Why? If the Greeks never used it or observed it, they didn't just willy-nilly assign meaning. Somebody was observing. And then people beyond them observed. The Romans observed. They observed in the Dark Ages. They observed in the Middle Ages. Like, no, they didn't observe in Europe in the Dark Ages. Yeah, well, the Arabs did. Okay. Just saying. So did the Persians. We can drop the Islamophobia at the door. So, astrology isn't about belief. It's a system. And it's a language. And language is fluid. And we have to, especially with, like, understanding our personal transits. Okay. We have to be observational and make notes and pay attention. And that is what I teach. How to observe. How to pay attention. How to experience the ebb and the flow of the energy. There was a time in my practice I put all the books away all the books away. I walked away from everything and I just observed how I felt day to day. And then I would look it up. I would look it up at the end of the day, not at the beginning of the day. Didn't check my trans. I still don't anymore. I used to, when I was a young astrologer, I'd check my transits every morning, you know. Now I feel into it. How do I feel? Okay, now look it up. How do I feel? What am I experiencing? What's going on? What's communications like? Oh, go look it up. I think it's this. Did I match? It's like a game for me. Not playing games, but it's like, ah, building accuracy, refining skill sets. And if you're new to astrology, take it easy. This isn't something people get good at automatically. And you only get good at practicing. That's why professional astrologers will say, I'm a professional practicing astrologer. Because like doctors, we practice. We continue to grow and hone our skills. We are not diagnosticians, and I'm not saying we're doctors. Just saying that's why it's a practice. Okay? So... The thing that bothered me about the article wasn't this woman coming to her conclusion of, oh, wow, I need to be more observational. What bothered me was the the almost evangelical-esque language in the first part of the article of when I discovered, you know, let me testify, let me testify. And a lot of you, especially those of you like born in the 80s and 90s, things got really conservative while you were growing up. Things got extremely conservative while you were growing up. We, moved, we shifted really far right 
politically, religiously, like, really far right. It was really frustrating, okay, to live through. And you guys don't know a world that wasn't always that far right, especially those of you who grew up, like, in very conservative churches. Like, I knew, like, what used to be a rationalist denomination of Lutherans go to the right. I watched um, Methodists that used to be kind of like middle of the road, go to the right. I watched, you know, the evangelicals just spin off into wherever cuckoo land they went. And um, and I grew up in a non-denominational church. It wasn't anything like what we see today. Nothing like it. It was, it was pretty loving. It, there wasn't a whole lot of emphasis on sin. You know, that started in the early 80s. And I moved churches because of it. You know, because I was like, mm, this doesn't feel right. But that's colored people's understanding. Like, people want believers and people want to, you know, preach the gospel of astrology. And notice, I preach philosophy, but I'm not here to convert anybody to believe in astrology that it's real. I'm not here to try to convince anybody. I'm here to talk to people who want to talk about it. Because when you're spiritual, it's a personal journey, okay? And you can explore a lot of different belief systems, a lot of different techniques. There's no wrong way. And like I said earlier, with the Saturn and Pisces talk, your path is your path. And you're never really off of it, even if you do quote-unquote bad things or you think you're doing bad things. You know, the need to confess is, is... unnecessary. It's between you and whatever you believe, you know, inside. Metaphysicians are people who study modalities. Some of those are open uh, open practices, some of those are closed practices. Astrology is kind of open and closed. As in Anybody can learn astrology, but you really need a mentor to get good at it. Truly. Like this woman who wrote her article, if she'd had a mentor who was classically trained, not traditionally trained, classically trained, she would have learned about the observational side. You know? And so that's something that's really, really important to understand especially as we move towards 2023. Because a lot of people are going to have a crisis of faith and what faith is and what they believe and deconstructing the religious dogma, deconstructing the cultural dogma, deconstructing your social dogma. And you can either believe yourself into a prison or you can believe yourself into liberation. 
and give yourself a strong foundation. And I don't care if you believe astrology is real or not. Maybe you just like the sound of my voice. Some people listen to me to fall asleep, and that's okay. (laughs) I do not take that as an insult. I take it as a great compliment that you feel soothed. It's time to examine your beliefs. Is this belief moving me forward? Is it holding me back? If you can't make a move without looking at a horoscope or reading your tarot cards or playing around with your crystals or your pendulum or what have you, if you're hitting that hard, you're missing the point. And it doesn't mean you throw it away. It just means start your day and then check it. Go see how accurate it is. Start your day, then look at your transits. Start your day, then pull a card. You know, but if you're leaning too hard in or you're you're wanting it to fix something, astrology isn't gonna do that. And if you're looking at it for an excuse for parts of your behavior that you you actually can change. That's kind of lame. I'm just going to say it. We don't have to use the chart as an excuse. It shows all of your potential. It shows every single person. My chart, too, shows where I can be a real pain in the ass, obnoxious, me at my worst, and it can show me on a regular day and me when I'm at my best and everything in between all of that. It's not about like, oh, I'm destined to suffer. Remember, pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. We can alleviate that in this lifetime. It's really important to remember this stuff, guys. Because attitude is everything as we go through 2023. It's going to make you or break you. You want to hang around with people who complain all the time, bitch and moan. It's going to be a miserable year. You want to hang on to people who see possibility, grounded in reality. Yeah, we got climate change. Now what are we going to do? How are we going to adapt? How can we innovate? What can we do to mitigate? Right? Yeah, This isn't the most fun time in my life, but it'll get better. Or here's an opportunity. I see a window. I'm going to crawl through it. That's what gets you through. But focusing on all the things that make you unhappy, that's going to forge chains that are very, very hard to break. And it doesn't mean you won't have a bad day and then have a better day the next day, right? You don't have to be perfect with this energy. You just have to be more mindful. Catch yourself as much as you can. You don't have to make a big change. It's not all or nothing. I still complain. I still grouch. I still grump. I still have moments, right? But if I catch myself, And my mentees can attest to it because they'll hear me. I'll be like, 
I'll complain about something. I'm like, yeah, and this is an opportunity. Or "Mm, this bump in the road, you know what happens before I grow or something good happens? I face this moment where I have to like, like deal with an issue. And then the next thing I know, I'm, I'm moving up. So it's just a sign good things are on the way. You know, I'll talk myself up and out. Oh, is that magical thinking? Kind of. It's not the kind of magical thinking that's going to get you into trouble where you don't take any action. You know, if you're just going to sit there and go, please, 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 universe, I've been good. Please, please. Or take every thing that happens that you don't like and consider it a punishment or some kind of ill-fated life, you know. We're born, we are all born, and we all die. Okay? That's what we do in between that's called life. That's it. For a range of experiences. And our souls, our spirits, they're just collecting experience points. It's a lot like a role-playing game. The thing is, is you can level up in this life. You can re-roll. We have base stats. But you can get better gear. And your attitude is part of your gear. But don't treat astrology like a religion because it's not. It's not a religion. I have this stupid podcast in religion and spirituality because the popular mindset. And I talk about philosophical and spiritual things. But astrology is a language. It is reading the cosmic clock. And you know what? Not everybody is good at linguistic interpretation in any language. Like, Some people are good at it. Some people aren't so good at it. Language is skill-based, right? It's skill-based. Hone your skills. Do your ABCs. That's how anybody becomes good at anything. Alrighty. I'm Lori Rivers. I believe in you. You know, I do. I wouldn't be doing these podcasts or the videos or teaching if I didn't. I'll talk to you next time on the Awake Space Astrology Podcast.